Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. This morning I would like to ask you uh, to continue to pray for our uh, my new friends Keith and Katie. Please, if you have a pen there, you jot that down if it helps you remember. Also, pray for Ms. Violet. She is not here today because she is having a minor, well, she called it a minor health challenge. So please pray for Ms. Violet this week. She will covet your prayers. You know, I don't know, what do you, what do you think about when you think about authority? Is it, do you think uh, positive thoughts? Uh, you know, I used to share a message similar to this one with our students in high school and and a lot of times you know you think that's when we rebel in our lives when we're when we're uh i did when i was a teenager and i was pushing back against my parents and pushing back at school and pushing the limits because well that's just what i wanted to do um and i would share with my students as a pastor i would say guys no matter where you go or what we do and whether you're 17 or 37 or whether you're 17 or 25 we all have authority figures in our lives. Oh, no, I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. Yeah, you do. Every day when you stop at the stoplight or put on your turn signal, you do. You're, every day when you go to work, particularly on time and actually do some work, you are putting yourself under someone else's authority. When you go to school and you learn something and you put it into practice or, or you at least bring it back on a test, you're putting yourself under someone's authority. When you listen to your pastor preach, whether he does it well or does it poorly, you're putting yourselves under someone's authority. So the Apostle Paul is moving from that, from that rapid fire list of imperatives last week, and he's not, a t- he's not totally abandoning them because we're going to see the pursuit of good uh, and what happens with evil, even in this passage today. But I will tell you that today, this topic of authority, uh, next slide, please. See, in America, we don't live under the authority of a king. Next slide. But we do see that often when we think about authority, you might think of um, the governing of, you might, you might think of, uh, you might think of the police. You might think of those who tell us what not to do or who make things right when something is wrong in our culture, right? Um, so, so we have these different governing authorities. Next slide. And you know, in our world, in our world, there are dictatorships, there are monarchies, there are many different types of government. So the implications of today's sermon could be different depending on, depending on where we live. Next slide. Uh, They may have gotten a little out of order, but you also might think of a judge, someone with a lot of power with governing authority, literally who can pass judgment, whether it's on laws and policies or whether it's in a court of law where someone might be in trouble. So we had this idea of authority. Uh, Next slide. You know, we had this idea. So when I think of authority, I think of power, dominion influence, command, rule, or sovereignty. And this word sovereignty 
is very important to our first verse here today because it says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. So here's our first very important point today um, in the next slide. All human authority is being granted by God. All human authority. Now look, this might be tough sometimes. Uh, I was going to save this for later. I need to be careful. I, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go off the. I don't want to go off script too far today. But you can turn on your cable TV, and if you hit the guide button, there is almost this endless array of news channels, political news, and regardless of what your political affiliation is, you can find a news channel that suits what you want to hear. You can frustrate yourself and find a news channel of the folks that you don't agree with and listen to what they're saying. There is a list, and I won't even try to state them all, but you've probably seen it if you're scrolling through there and you're like, oh my goodness, because of modern technology, right? Everybody has an opinion, but not only an opinion, everyone has a platform to voice their opinion. So modern technology and social media, social media have given us everyone a public platform and a public voice. And so what we hear about governing authorities, there is an endless array of opinions. And the challenge for Christians, the challenge for followers of Jesus Christ is to live out my faith in an, in an honorable way with integrity, right? Um, while putting myself under the governing authorities. Now you're saying, oh my, I'm going to put myself under authority of, of, of the uh, leaders of the city of Baltimore? Yep. Guess what? If you live here, when you're being recorded, you should never say yep. <laughs> when you live here, when you live here in a city or a state, you do certain things. You uh, pay for a place to live. If you work, you pay taxes, and some of that tax money goes to your local government, right? There are some things you don't do in the city, right? Um, I parked on the wrong side of the street where I live a couple of weeks ago and forgot about it, and I had this nice little thing that looks it's red and white, and it's a ticket, and it was for $52 because I parked on the wrong side of the street. And technically, I disobeyed the governing authorities by leaving my car there. Look, I don't want to belabor this, but Paul is saying here that all human authority is being granted by God. If God is sovereign, and of course he is, and God is in control of the universe that he created, then we're going to see here how the governing authorities are under God, and not only that, but if we're putting ourselves under God's authority, we must willingly and in a certain way as followers of Jesus put ourselves under the governing authorities in our land. Listen to what God said in Genesis 1.28. God said to them, Adam and Eve, he said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Part of God's intention 
when he created the earth, the world in which we live, was for us to rule. There is so, so we get this first hint that, um, that we are to rule over what God has given us. There are certain ways we're to do it, right? And God gives us instructions throughout his word. But so then I think if I look in Exodus chapter 3, uh, you'll, see, you'll see that there. And I'll see it better if I do it this way. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, I think it is. Uh, and Exodus 10, 1. Thank you. You probably were already there, weren't you? The Lord said, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. So the Israelites were enslaved to the Egyptians. I have heard their outcry. I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians. So I've come to rescue them from up, being up under the authority of the Egyptians. God also said to Moses, he said, and now come. And I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. God was calling an authority figure. He was calling a leader in Moses to bring the Israelites out of slavery. So then God said to Moses on the next uh, slide I have there, go to Pharaoh for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants. So here is God saying, I'm going to use this governmental authority figure who is not, has no faith in me. He's a secular leader, a, not a person of faith, not a child of God in the sense that he followed God and loved Jesus, right? He said, I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants so that I may perform the signs of mine among them. God will, he has, and he will continue to, use leaders, some of whom are evil, some of whom have no intention of doing his will, but God will use them for his own purposes. This is one of the hard things, okay? And he says, I have made, see how I have made a mockery of the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them so that you may know that I am the Lord. How do we deal with the problem of evil in authority and leadership? God even uses that for his own purposes. So there's a couple, um, so, so a little bit of explanation maybe, biblically, that all human authority is being granted by God. Now, Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, right? Um, verse 18 uh, we always quote 19 and 20, right? Um, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And there are other places in the word of God where, excuse me, in the gospels where it's made very clear that the father has granted all authority to the son, right? Um, um, in heaven and in earth. So all authority, all human authority is allowed, is permitted, and even instituted by God. So we're just kind of setting the stage. We're just kind of setting the stage here in verse one, but that could be difficult. I will tell you, I am so convicted. I love this. 
I love that when the Word of God, we're going through the book of Romans, right? I'm not cherry picking um, hot topics in our culture to preach. Uh, sometimes it's fun, sometimes we're supposed to, but we're going through the book of Romans. We're living in a time in our country where politics and government is so divisive. I see and hear and observe followers of Jesus hating each other, hating each other because one believes this politically and one believes this politically, each calling themselves a follower of Jesus and each treating each other horribly in our culture. And I promise you, I have become cynical and jaded and it is shameful. Now, I do have a little bit of self-control with my thumbs, so I don't make some of the really um, embarrassing uh, mistakes that some people do when they're talking about these topics because I take my thumbs and I put them away. <laughs> but, but I promise you, I have all of the thoughts. I read way too much of it. I see way too much of it, thanks to my um, overpriced Xfinity Comcast cable. And sometimes I enjoy it just a little too much. And I too have my own opinions, right? And, and that's fine, right? There are differing um, um, ideologies in our country from Democrat to Republican to Libertarian to Socialism, Fascism, and Communism. All of those exist. People have in our country all of those different viewpoints. And so, so I'm going to hate this person because he has a different political title, you know, when he goes to the about that. No, no. And I promise you, I'm, I, I live in the city of Baltimore. And there are things that I love and I love people I do. Um, but, you know, there's a lot in our city regarding our governing authorities that, that, that is challenging nowadays. And I promise you, I, I don't speak about it as Paul is calling us to speak about it here. I'm convicted. I'm saying I can participate in the process. I can participate in the truth. I can speak the truth, but I can do it and be sinning or I could be doing it. I can do it and glorify God. And I promise you lately, I, 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 that's why we had time of confession this morning. Amen. So number two, number two. Verses 2 through 4 here. Disobeying human authority has consequences. Paul's saying it has practical consequences and it has eternal consequences. Now listen, it has practical consequences for the child of God. Why? Because on the next slide, it's sin. It's sin. Um, not doing this or, or, or doing this in a manner where I am disparaging, where I say, okay, here's one thing. The political memes, they entertain me when I see them on social media, when they mock a particular president or mock a particular legislator, especially if it's one with whom I disagree. I enjoy it way too much. But we're going to see in a few minutes how sinful that is. And, and I may not post those. I may post a little ha-ha down at the bottom, <laughs> right? But, but I'm thinking those things, and it impacts my life in a negative way. So sin... One thing is breaking the law will be punished, right? Um, look, we don't, I, I mean, incarceration is a pretty, like going to court. I've been to court. I've been to court scared because I was on the wrong side of the bench and, and years ago. 
And um, but I did things. I broke the law and I was hoping either the judge would have mercy or I would get away with something. Right. Why? Because I was getting ready to experience the consequences of my disobedience to the governing authorities. Now, you want to know what I did? I'll tell you after church, maybe. And there's several. So maybe I'll just tell you one. But but so so there are practical consequences to disobeying the governing authorities. Right. I, I'm these days more concerned about. The, the condition of my heart and the attitude and the things that I say in front of you, okay, than I am standing in front of the judge and going to jail. I, I don't do those things anymore, but, but the condition of my heart can still be dark and sinful. Um, and we see here in verse 3, uh, by the way, 1, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. Now, in a general sense, the laws of our country... The laws of our country, in a general sense, really go along with the Ten Commandments, generally speaking. Or there's a moral code in our country, the majority of which agrees with maybe what a lot of the good things that we read in the Bible that we should do and say and how we should treat one another, right? And so generally speaking, yes, our country has some good laws and some good rules. And that's what Paul is talking about here when he says, if you oppose them, you're opposing God. And those who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Now, whether he's talking about the practical consequences of breaking the law or condemnation in not being a follower of Jesus, and not obeying the laws of your land is just part of that eternal condemnation that one will spend eternity separated from God in hell. But he says in verse 3, he says in verse 3 here, um, says, For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you'll have praise from the saint. He's simply stating here that I don't have any reason to fear the governing authorities if I'm doing what's right in my life. Now, you might say, oh, hold on, Pastor Charlie, I have a problem with that. And I say, I bet you could. You know, how do we live in a land and we how do we live in a land, you know, that claims to know God governed by a constitution and having a history with God and have evil in our country like slavery? And we no longer have slavery in our country, but we did. And people who claim to know God carried that out against other human beings who were created in the image of God. How do we deal with that? You know, it's interesting. You might say, well, guess what, Pastor Charlie? Uh, I do do the right thing. And if I have interaction with certain authorities, I still have fear. Yes. You know what? I have no idea and I will never know. And I'll be just a little bold. Um, I'm Caucasian. I will never know what it's like to be an African-American and be pulled over by a police officer. And before, before you even have the opportunity to determine whether it's a good police officer or not, in your head, you're already running through the scenarios of what you have to do so you might possibly not be harmed. But you're a law-abiding citizen. Well, sometimes being a law-abiding citizen um, in a country that has a moral code and laws um, and you've trusted that 
it may not have gone well for you. Um, my experience with governing authorities like police have always been I feared them when I was younger because I was wrong and doing wrong. But as an adult, I've always believed that if I do ABC, one, two, and three will happen and I'll be fine, right? But that may not have been the case for you. And so Paul is aware of that, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But I don't want to read this verse, and it is certainly in the sense that Paul brings it, it is true. Generally speaking, if I do what is good and right, I don't have to fear the authorities. I can go about my life um, because I don't have to I don't have to make up a lie. I don't have to cover my tracks. I'm, I'm doing I'm living right under the authorities in the country and the city in which I live. But is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? So he does say in verse four and in and, and the next slide here, you're going to see Paul goes even further. He uses this word minister or servant. Matter of fact, that's the same word that he uses in act, that, that is used in Acts chapter six when the church ordained their first deacons, diakonos. Listen, the governing authorities are a minister, a servant of God. Whether they know God or not, they have been put into that position of authority by God for a time, whether it's a short time or a long time, whether they do it well or whether God has to take them out of that position of authority, God will. But verse four, it's a tough one. It is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what's evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. The government authorities have the authority to rule. And people need, we need to be a country of, you know, we, we need to have that law and order. We need to have these governing rules. And we need to have these leaders who carry those out on our behalf, he says in verse 4. But he uses the word twice, right? For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Listen, it's harsh, man. If you commit an armed robbery, if you commit a murder and you are arrested and convicted of something like an armed robbery or a murder, you will go to jail for 20 years, 25 years. You could go to jail for the rest of your natural born life. Or possibly in some states, you could be subject to the death penalty. It's real. And that's part of a huge responsibility that our governing authorities have. Listen, they are accountable to God in a big way for whether or not they carry out their duties in a godly manner. They may not even follow Jesus like you follow Jesus, but, but woe be to them the wrath if they carry out their duties dishonestly in front of God. So, Paul says... And he says it in 1 Peter, and I think I'll give you that reference eventually here, that they are a minister or a servant on God's behalf. So as we continue then, we see number three, verses five through seven. Obeying, and I know this is a bit wordy, I didn't, I, I struggle with this one. Number three, verses five through seven. Obeying because of the believer's understanding of God's will and purposes. Because remember, the beginning of chapter 12, right? He says, um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And at the end of the verse, he says, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable 
and perfect. And then we saw in chapter 12 also, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Don't do evil, pursue good. So we see here in verses 5 through 7, we, we see that... Um, we see that it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, in other words, not only because I'm afraid of what the government can do to me if I do break the rules, if I cheat on my taxes and I try to keep some of that money back um, and I get caught doing it eventually, uh, the government's going to exact a penalty on me up to and <laughs> including incarceration, right? So, but he says here, but also for conscience sake. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to live out, I want to live this out in front of an unbelieving world because somewhere along the line, someone may come to know Jesus Christ as a result of seeing my testimony. And that's what Paul is, that's what is most important here. But, but as we go on, it gets a little deeper too because, because Paul says, not only for conscience sake, for because of this, you also pay taxes for the rulers are servants of God. That's the third time he uses that phrase, devoting themselves to this very thing. So, so one thing is we pay taxes. Why? Because it pays the salary of those rulers. Why? Because they are servants of God on our behalf in our government. So that's why we pay taxes. But, and, and believe me, I, I, I'm as cynical as the next guy sometimes when I look and see how much taxes I pay uh, in our country. And, and I hear you. I get it. I feel you. Um, and there, does, there is a time when the government, the governing authorities are not doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're doing something they shouldn't be. That's not the... I get it. And yet Paul is saying as a follower of Jesus Christ, there are certain things here that I am to do. And here's what is challenging Here's what is challenging. Not only am I to pay my taxes, but I'm to render all that is due, he says in verse 7. And he says, custom to whom is custom, tax to whom is tax, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Here's where I have a problem with my, a challenge with my own, my own walk with Jesus. What we have done in our country is, what I observe is, on the news, in our social media, in my own conversations with others, I am disrespectful of the governing authorities. He says that's what this word honor and fear means. I am to honor the position or the office of those who are in authority. So the president of the United States is not, um, is not good old Joe, it's, it's President Biden. I am to honor the office of the President of the United States of America. Now, whether it's George Bush, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. I am to honor the office of the President of the United States of America. That's what Paul's talking about here. I am to honor the position of the senators and the, and, and the leaders in Congress who come from the state of Maryland well, all of them. But of course, I think of the ones who come from my own state. And I am to show a certain kind of respect. That's what the, the fear and honor there is. It's respect. Fear is that idea of reverence and respect. I am to honor the system or honor the position or honor the office of the senator, of the congresswoman, 
of the justice of the Supreme Court. And I'm to use their, their titles and their names <laughs> respectfully. And so I'm to do the same thing in my city if I use Mayor Brandon Scott's name in a sentence or I'm speaking about something that's going on in our city, I'm to do it respectfully. I'll go so far as to say I'm to do it more respectfully than I have done it in recent past. So we see that all human authority, all human authority is being granted by God. We also know that dis disobeying human authority has consequences. And we're seeing here now because of the believer's understanding, we're obeying because of my understanding of God's will and purposes. Listen, a couple of things here. Um, I may go a little more quickly. Paul uses these words. He says in Philippians 3.20, um, that we, what Paul says that we are aliens and exiles here in this world. Our citizenship, first and foremost, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is citizenship in the kingdom of God. Uh, John Piper says Christians are not first citizens of, of any human nation, but citizens of the kingdom of God, first and foremost. Philippians 3.20 states our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See what happens when you proofread your own slides? Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, We are not our own. We were bought with a price by the blood of Jesus Christ who owns us and rules us. Amen. I do not have the luxury of the ownership of my own opinions. Why? Because my mind is being transformed by Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. I am not my own. My body belongs to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 talks about our bodies belonging to Jesus regarding our sexuality, but not just that. Our bodies belong to God. It says we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. So we see this idea, our citizenship is first and foremost in heaven. What happens here is very secondary. Sometimes we get that twisted, um, particularly in some of the communities where I come from, um, our patriotism and our allegiance and our obedience to our governing authorities is a good thing. But when it's superseded, confused, or equated with my relationship with God, there's a problem there. Yeah. There's a real problem there. I'm first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of God. And sometimes, sometimes it just might be that what my, some in my country are doing and saying is not of God. So you say then, Charlie, what about, what about civil disobedience? What about when the government is wrong? What about when a leader tells you that you have to do something that you do not feel as a follower of Jesus Christ is right? Well, ask Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Ask them. The king said, yes, everyone will bow whenever they hear my name. You will bow your knee and you will give honor. He said, you will almost, back then that meant like praying to them. And you know what he did? He heated up that furnace and those fellows would not bow their knees. He got so indignant, he heated it up four times the normal. He had those guys bound up. He threw them in a furnace. 
the guys who threw them in a furnace got burned. You know the story. They said, hold up, we only threw three in there and I see a fourth person in there moving around among them. When they came out of the furnace, not even their clothes smelled like smoke. Jesus had been in the furnace with them and they were not harmed. They disobeyed Nebuchadnezzar. They disobeyed him. They disobeyed the governing authority because they said, I fear God's wrath more than I fear man's wrath. And what about Daniel? Some guys, some guys were being funny and they decided they, they didn't like Daniel and, they were, and Daniel was right up there under the king politically, but Daniel was a follower of God in a secular, in a secular government. Daniel was dedicated to God, but served a king in a secular government. And so they said again that um, you couldn't pray to anybody else except the king. They made this law behind Daniel's back. It sounded good to the king. The king didn't realize what they were doing. That doesn't happen in our government, right? People don't do sneaky, underhanded, back waste. No, not enough. Right. So, so here is Daniel. And when he finds this out, do you know what he did? He went home. He opened all his windows so everybody could see him. And he knelt down and prayed to his God. He obeyed, disobeyed the king. Went to the lines then, paid a price for it, right? Where the king fell down on his face in front of God when Daniel climbed up out of the lions then, unharmed, right? So, and we see, lest you think Paul has lost his mind here, telling us how we are to put ourselves under the governing authorities, Paul was thrown in jail, beaten half to death, stoned, chased out of town, lowered over walls, imprisoned for the last three years of his life by the Roman authorities, by the Roman authorities, because he refused to obey them and stop preaching the gospel. Paul's not a fool, and he's not telling you to do something he hadn't already thought about. Paul got more stripes than most of us. I'm not assuming I know your life, but, but Paul was beaten. He was thrown in jail. They say, you can't, you can't talk about it. You can't preach that stuff around here. Paul said, no, I will disobey you. I will disobey the governing authorities. So is there a time? Is there a time? I think as followers of Jesus Christ, and if we're walking in the spirit, we will know. We will know. There are things in our secular world and in our government and in our own country that do not honor God. And our government and officials in our governments do ungodly things. And yet, just like Pharaoh in Egypt, God has put them in a place of authority for a time for his desires. And we, at some, we are called to put ourselves under their authority. You do it most of the time anyway, whether you realize it or not. But it's this idea of for conscience sake. The words that I use, the things I share on social media, the words I use for governing officials, even in our own city, because of, because of lawlessness in our city and frustration, I use words that I shouldn't. I confess that sin this morning. I confess that sin several times during the week while I was studying. So we hear that we are to put ourselves under the governing authorities for the sake of our testimony, um, for the sake of our conscience, and because the Word of God calls us to. But what are the implications for that 
what is the implications of submission in the context of the United States of America? It is interesting for us because we have a representative form of government. We participate in our government. In effect, we rule ourselves to some degree because in our localities and in our states and in our country, we elect people to represent us and we even have access to them so that we can share our concerns with them. We, this, the country that we live in really is a great experiment in some regards. And the challenge is sometimes it, we just become way too familiar, right? We just become, we do have, we have a constitution which guides us. We have laws and we have our government officials. And because we elect them and put them in office, there's always those constraints that if we don't like what they do, we always have the opportunity to put someone else, to vote someone else into office or out of office, right? And so we do live in kind of a unique, we don't have a, a dictatorship. We don't have a dictator telling us what to do or he lops our head off. We don't have a king or a queen telling us what to do or they'll throw us in a dungeon. Um, we have a, this represents, so the implications because of our constitution and because of the way our, 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 we have the representative form of, of government in our country, it does make it and makes it tricky sometimes is a good word for it. But the bottom line is not tricky. The bottom line and what Paul says here is every person is to put themselves under the, under the authority, excuse me, in subjection to the governing authorities. Why? Because all authority is given by God. As followers of Jesus, you know, as people who live in 2021 and we hear the ugliness and we feel the ugliness, you may have experienced the ugliness of oppression or racism. And certainly our governing authorities in our country have practiced, have practiced racism in some of the laws they made intentionally to keep not uh, just black people, but primarily black people from becoming uh, 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 full citizens of their country and enjoying everything that they should be able to enjoy? Yes, absolutely. And I know that my black and brown brothers and sisters, you still, I'm going to be thoughtful, you still, many still do experience the residual impact of racism, and of laws that were passed in our country by our leaders to keep you down. Some of you, your families have experienced uh, that. And the residual impact doesn't just go away in a generation. And it doesn't just go away because we say, hey, things are getting better now. No, it doesn't. So what I've said today may be really challenging in some regards. How as a follower of Jesus do I respect the government that did this to my people? That's a really hard question for you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And yet you do have the opportunity and ability to make, it, to make a difference and to make it better as well in a country like ours. You do. Does that make it okay? No. Or Paul would say, heck no. Um, no, it doesn't. So wrestle with this. That's what I'm saying. Each one of us, we all must wrestle with this. That's my challenge. That's the commitment today. Um, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm saying to you, wrestle with this. Holy Spirit will do his work. Wrestle with this. You've, you feel angry. You feel like, man, Paul, dude, you just don't know. 
wrestle with it. Talk to Jesus. Um, I, I would love to encourage you throughout the course of the week if it's heavy on your heart. But Romans 13, 1 through 7, it's calling us as followers of Jesus to live a certain way in the context and culture in which we live. That has changed several times over 2,000 years over all the places in the world. It's for everybody, right? It's for everybody everywhere. Um, and yet we're wrestling with it right here. So as your pastor, I say I love you. And, and I know that what I said this morning is very challenging. And I know that it might... Um, certainly has sparked some feelings because it did for me all week uh, I, I i struggled having some having some slides up here this morning because i, I knew some of the things i was going to say this morning um jesus is bigger than that we're citizens of the kingdom of god yes. we have an eternity we have eternity to look forward to we have eternity to look forward to but we live in the flesh in this world today amen amen Father, this morning I pray each heart here, Lord, each set of ears in this room, Lord God, that have carried this message through a mind and through a heart, dear Lord. I pray, dear God, through the compassion and mercy of your Holy Spirit, that you will teach each one uh, from your word today. Father God, that you will soften hearts, that you will give us resolve to honor you first regardless. And then, Father God, give us the courage to step out in faith and make a difference. And yet, at the very same time, Lord, for those like me who we become cynical and we become hard-hearted, or, Lord God, we just sin in our words, Lord God, I pray that you will extend your forgiveness to us and that we will honor you today in our words and our thoughts. But, Father God, I pray that your word will take effect in our lives as you, through your Holy Spirit, grow us, teach us, and change us, each one. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.